Welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast. I'm Holly. And I'm Craig. And we are your hosts as we talk all things church, life, theology, faith, and beyond. Welcome into the Ross Road Connect podcast. My name is Craig, alongside an ailing Holly McLean. <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> you're ailing. You're there, there's there's trouble. You're, well, you're not sick, but you're maybe we should call you at a hobbling Holly McLean. Oh, that's good. Wow, yes. some yes. good content on the Ross Road Connect podcast right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you you've been it's like you've aged 40 it years. is yeah um, watching you walk around these days do you <laughs> do you want to tell people what happened to you yeah ex- i will so you know what let me just put this out there if you get grossed out easily you know maybe just fast forward like 30 seconds you're gonna, there's that button if you're using the apple podcasts app you could just click forward um but if you're not i mean it's not that bad but it's actually no, it's kind of a ridiculous bad. story and the amount of times that i have told this story now especially like limping at church and everyone's like oh, what's wrong um so it was exactly a week ago on monday I was taking out my garbage and I actually forgot that I had broken glass in my garbage. And it's even crazy how the glass itself broke. Uh, My friend Morgan was over and uh, she was just pouring herself a glass of iced tea. And out of nowhere, this glass just broke. Like the juice jug just shattered in her hand. So we were like, what is up with this jug? It's cursed. I don't know what's up. (laughs) So then it's, it was double cursed because I was uh, taking out the garbage. And you know, I even like wrapped the glass in like another bag to be like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to be safe with getting rid of this. And then as I was taking out the garbage, the garbage like hit my leg. And in process, I didn't even feel a cut or anything, but I just felt like a lot of pressure. And then I looked down and I am bleeding. So it was a, yeah, a little bit of a shock. So I made my way back up, uh, to my apartment and uh yeah it was uh it was a stressful situation you know cleaned up uh, the wound but it's crazy because it didn't even bleed for that long like it didn't even look like that intense of a cut but it's got super infected and like i'm i'm on antibiotics still but my knee is like comically swollen so it's been really difficult to walk this last week <laughs> what what are the odds that the glass would be at exactly the right spot to like I know cut you through the bag I know and when you think about it too like I was wearing jeans but I wow. I was I was wearing skinny or not skinny jeans but I was wearing ripped jeans that's the word I'm looking for oh yeah yeah so it must have got me like exactly in the ripped spot this is why so, this is why ripped oh jeans <laughs> I knew exactly where that was going <laughs> uh, okay i won't go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was pretty rough yeah like I, the, the first night i couldn't even drive like i got in the car to go to youth and i was like almost in tears because i was just like wow this is so painful yeah. so then i like didn't drive for the rest of the week because i drive a standard car and i was like i do not want to try to drive with that so yeah yeah it's better now you're on the mend. uh, I am on the mend. I actually was walking decently normal today. So there's hope. Nice. Yeah. Right. So so it's, um, good to hear you're, you're on the mend. Um, and, uh, it's December now. 
It so is. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Is it too early to say that? It, <laughs> no. in, in my world, it's like barely acceptable to say that now. Oh but, my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> when are you putting your Christmas tree up, Holly? You know what? I would have already had my Christmas tree up. Uh, but I think it was even this last weekend. I was like, oh, this would have been the perfect weekend or not this last weekend, but like um, a couple weekends, um, like mid-November, I was like, you know what? I want to put up my Christmas decorations, but um, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't do it with like, I couldn't do it with my leg, you know? Oh, so yes. that was, uh, that was the issue. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to come back to Christmas. Um, Advent has begun. And has. so uh, we've already launched into our Advent series here at the church, but we wanted first to uh, reflect on a more somber thing. And that being the, the flooding that's happened in our community. And um, we're recording this by the way, uh, a week before you actually listen to it. So we know there's some rainstorms on the way and who knows what the world will be like when you, when you hear this, but um, uh, some of the, let me ask you this, what out of everything you saw, the pictures that you saw, what was, what like gripped you the most as boy, this is a big deal. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, it was hard to tell, like, cause obviously there was the mudslides on the Coquihalla, which I think was really, and like, it wasn't just a far away issue. Like we had people in our community, in our church, and then other people that I knew that were stuck in between the mudslides. Mm -hmm. So I'm like that directly impacted uh, very close, like people to us. So that was quite shocking to just see, like, it was all over, like every video on my TikTok page uh, was about that. Everything on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I don't really use Facebook that much, but I noticed I, my screen time last week was up by like, 20% just from like constantly looking at social media. It's like, it's insane that like when something, I don't know, it's like, you just can't look away, even though as I was looking at all the news, I knew that I was stressing myself out, but I couldn't stop. Um, so yeah, I think the mudslides was obviously really concerning. And then just seeing the pictures of like, I don't know, even like Castle Fub Park almost being yeah. underwater and like the, like the freeway exits, like that was just really shocking because it was like, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's my town. Mm. That is, uh, yeah. yeah, that was very alarming. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, I think, um, I think there are maybe three pictures that will stand out for me. One of them being, well, one's maybe a group of pictures, but because because we drive the Coquihalla Highway with some regularity in the summertime, at least, it was like, whoa, like, that's where I, like, I know those places. And mm -hmm. that's totally destroyed. Like, the bridges yeah. that have just fallen down is like, oh, my goodness, that was, that was some, some water flowing through there. Um, that was one. Um, the second would be, I saw some uh, aerial coverage, helicopter footage of Highway 8, which goes from Merritt over to wherever it meets with Highway 1, Suspenses uh, Bridge or Boston Bar or something like that. Mm. Um, and like they they said 40 kilometers of the highway is gone. Like, oh, and so you, you see like the high, you see a bit of road curving around the bend and then it disappears. Like it's not even like half of it's there anymore. It's just 
gone. <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh my word. Um, and then apparently in Merritt, the Coldwater River runs through Merritt. Apparently it rerouted itself and it went down like a street in Merritt and they can't move it back. So they're just leaving it there. And oh, so no way. It, it's at the end of, of a street. So it's not like it's a main, you know, thoroughfare or anything like that. But there's a few properties at the end of that street. And apparently the river now runs there and that's just how it's going to be. Um, Yikes. Yeah. And then so, uh, but then I felt like, uh, I guess I guess this is a double double sided thing, but the farmers in, oh. in the prairies they're like having knowledge of how the poultry industry works, yeah, and seeing those chicken barns under like eight feet of water, like oh. first of all, gross. Like to yeah. clean that out afterwards is going to be a nasty job. Mm-hmm. But then, like those entire barns are going to have to be retrofitted with equipment and electrical and yeah and who knows what kind of new construction and so and then that's just i mean for the farmer that's devastating but then also for the industry the ripple effect that's going to have is is oh yeah uh, uh yeah so like i was talking with my dad about it and he said like the the egg supply is now disrupted from from there to hatcheries which would hatch the birds to place in other barns and so now that's not there anymore and so how do you replace wow. eggs right like yeah um and for the animals themselves yes exactly so sad totally. are the pictures of people like taking the cows out of yeah. rushing water oh yeah. that really pulled yeah. on my heartstrings that was the second part of what i was going to say is the picture yeah. of, of farmers on their seedews pulling cows behind them through the water yeah. it's just like oh my word like that that hurts um, yeah yeah, it it um it hurts and also restores your faith in humanity a little bit mm. when you just see people like really doing whatever needed to be done in order to help livestock. Yeah. And it could have like I feel like it could have been easy for some, I don't know, somebody to just abandon them. But mm. no, they really cared about and because it, it's interesting too. It's like, well, these animals are obviously being raised to be eventually, you know, become Mm -hmm. food, but it's like, well, they, I don't know, it depends on the farm. I mean, hopefully I like it when it's done in a humane way, but that's obviously a different conversation, but I think it's still like, yeah, I don't know. Dying by flooding. I just, I can't imagine that for an animal like that. I can't imagine the overwhelming, I don't know. That would just be so difficult. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, Wow. Um, what, uh, what stories did you see of people rallying together and what, what gave you optimism? Yeah. So I definitely think that picture for sure, like people pulling their livestock out of there. Um, but there was also, um, a new it's, I don't know necessarily if it's a church or what exactly they're going for, but, um, something in Abbotsford called like locality. Um, they basically just turned their whole new space into a big drop-off location for donations. And Corey and I went there to drop off donations on like, I think the Wednesday. And uh, it was amazing to just see how much was in the building there. And even like we went there and it was full. And then they had even said like, oh, this room has been filled once already today. And then Mm. the stuff has gone out and then it was refilled. And to just see how many people were there working together to just get these donations to people who had been evacuated from their homes. It was really, I think really cool to see. And even just on social media, like 
the way everybody was sharing, like, oh, this is what people need and this is how you can help. Mm. It was really, it was really cool to see that people, people want to help. And yeah. even for me, I felt so powerless at point, like when I was just scrolling through social media and seeing like, oh man, like this, there's literally a flood right there and I can't do anything about it. Like, mm. what can I do? So then I think just having a practical outlet of, Hey, you can just drop off donations. And this is exactly like a huge list of what's needed was so helpful to make you feel like you can actually be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was such a weird thing because my life wasn't impacted that much. Mm -hmm. Like I, my drive to work was the exact same. I live in an apartment, so I wasn't impacted by flooding. So it's almost like if I didn't have social media, I wouldn't know about it. Right. So it's very, it's a really weird feeling. And obviously I didn't want to like go down there and look at it. I didn't want to get in the way of other people who needed to be there. So it was just a weird feeling to be like, I, I almost like a guilt where you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I am just living my life normally when there's a literally a local emergency yeah. happening around me. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt that same way. just kind mm-hmm. of a weird space because yeah. you can sometimes in these natural disasters, distance yourself from it if it's around the world somewhere. And maybe we shouldn't do that, but we can. And yet here, it just seemed like this is so close to home. Yeah. Uh, you can't really ignore it. Uh, but also it doesn't affect me because I did, I, I, nothing changed for me. Yeah. But there are people that we know that everything changed. So exactly. Uh, I was um, two things. Well, I was, it was so cool to see how people saved the, the pump station, like yeah. came, came out all night to pack sandbags. And I yeah. saw some pictures of that. And by the way, I have learned more about the Barrowtown pump station yeah. <laughs> than I have ever known before. I, and, I, I didn't even know it existed. Yes. <laughs> it was something that is kind of there beside the highway, but I didn't know why it was there or what it was for. And I did not know, by the way, this was, this is a sad thing. Um, it took this for me to realize or to learn about the way in which First Nations people were mistreated a hundred years ago when yeah. they didn't want this lake to be drained and the settlers came in and said, too bad, we're draining it. Totally. Um, that I oversimplify that maybe, but that's, that's why did I not know about that already? Yeah. Um, I had that same thing. I had no idea that Sumas Lake was a thing. Yeah. And it's like, why was I not taught that in yeah. education? Yeah. Um, but I've learned lots about, uh, waterways and canals mm. and things like this. Um, I'd also say that I've just been really impressed with our mayor as well. Just the mm. way that he's, um, seems like he's being pretty transparent and yeah. uh, providing information. And I haven't watched a lot of what he said, but the, the stuff that I have watched is I really liked, and I respect this in a leader when there's a question that's asked, and he didn't know the answer. He said, I don't know, rather than trying to make something right. up. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, so I just, um, he's working, of course, with all kinds of city officials and first responders and the military and, and yeah. uh, just very appreciative for all of that. So um, lots is going to be needed in the next months and weeks. And um, I know that, uh, for instance, Samaritan's Purse is going to be involved here in Abbotsford. Uh, Bobby was letting me know that MDS, which is Mennonite Disaster Services, is going to be doing work up in either Princeton or Merritt, oh, wow. um, more so than here. Um, but uh, and there's probably going to be other 
other ways that people can be involved over time here. Hmm. And those will probably become more apparent as we exit the immediate trauma here and get into the restoration process. But maybe you know more than that or have other places to direct people. I don't think that I do right now. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think you summed it up very well. So uh, we're going to make the left turn here from flooding to Christmas. And uh, so directly correlated. I know you're not going to know how I'm going to do this, but um, this, this, uh, the, (laughs) this is coming out December 1st. Um, So the, the first Advent sermon will have already been preached and you haven't heard it yet. So I'm actually talking about the flooding in the sermon as well. But um, uh, what do you think of Holly when you hear the word Advent? Hmm. Ooh, good question. I think just anticipation, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because we're doing a series in Advent as well for youth. And I just kind of was working on my second uh, sermon for the Advent series. And uh, we're talking a lot about prophecy. And I was kind of just realizing that prophecy is like like that is like one of the most or if not the most important theme of advent was prophecy and how that came to be so i think now going forward that will probably be what i think about when i think of advent yeah what about craig well see here's my contention i don't want to speak for everybody so i can only speak for me but i'm also going to kind of speak for other people (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that we evangelical well that's maybe too broad of a brush in my upbringing in the mb church i don't think we really get advent Hmm. i don't think we really know what it's for or why it's there Hmm. um so i when i think of advent what are the things we do in advent well we like candles right yeah um eat chocolate Eat chocolate. Yes. Advent calendars, right? We eat chocolate. Um, Maybe we'll do some extra like devotional reading along the the lines of Advent. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And then people will say things like Advent is a time to prepare your heart, but it's never really been explained to me about how one does that or why one does that. Um, And how do you prepare yourself for something that's already happened? Uh, maybe you're preparing yourself for the celebration of Jesus' birth. But anyways, I've been on a journey these last few years to learn about Advent, and and it takes me into interesting places. And so uh, I mm-hmm. presented some of those already, but um, maybe, well, did you know that in the medieval church, you know how we do the candles that are hope, joy, love, peace, or like shepherds, the prophets, the yeah. uh, angels? And I forget the other one. Um, in Advent or in medieval times during Advent, the four themes of the Sundays leading up to Christmas Eve were um, oh, yeah. <laughs> death, judgment, <laughs> heaven, and hell. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Like, what a party. Oh, nice uh, light topics. Yeah. Uh, one year I'd like to do it. I just like yeah. to be like, you know what? We're doing it. We're talking about death, judgment, heaven, and hell. I would love it. Honestly, that'd yeah. be great. Let's take yeah. this in a different direction. Um, yeah. 
so the idea from especially from the 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 episcopalians have this right um and i don't i don't mean to preach my sermon again but i guess i kind of am <laughs> yeah <laughs> i get fired up about this holly <laughs> i could tell no it's good it's interesting um they don't decorate at all wow that uh, sounds like it's perfect for you it's perfect <laughs> for me yes um but they they don't put up any lights or stockings or trees or anything until christmas eve wow and christmas eve is the beginning of the 12 days of christmas oh. which end on january 6th which is epiphany with the journey of the wise men and so what it signifies is the light of Christ kind of exploding into the world. Whereas we live in this suspended season of frivolity, if I can use that word (laughs) of, of like almost like, I don't know. I have to temper my own attitude here. Um, But like, And I have to be careful because I don't want to offend people. But I feel like when we when we start celebrating Christmas so early, it's like we're trying to live in this suspended state of of fake joy and sentimentality that just doesn't mm. really inspire me. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And yet the Episcopal Church is like, no, we're going to intentionally reflect on the fact that Christ broke into the darkness. And so we're going to reflect on the darkness in the world and the darkness in ourselves before we're going to allow ourselves to really celebrate. And then when we celebrate, it's going to be a real celebration. Like it's going to be a party. Um, But we're going to actually delay the start of that because we want to reflect on themes like judgment and repentance and anticipation. Exactly what you said is part of it. Like we're not going to, we're, we're going to recognize that Christian discipleship involves waiting. So we're going to anticipate the, the celebration of Christmas. Yes. But, but Advent also has a lot to do with the second coming of Christ. So we're, yeah. we're living with this anticipation that Christ is coming again. And that the prophecies yeah. that, that we read in the new Testament are going to come true, just like the old ones, the prophecies in the old Testament came true. And so that's, I think we don't, I don't, I think we, I don't think we get Advent very well. Now, hmm. granted, this is one tradition's view of Advent, but uh, I think in church history, um, much of church history would look upon this season differently than we do. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of this sermon. <laughs> yes, there's, there's my diatribe for the, yeah. for the day. What was that word you just used? My diatribe? My, I've uh, never heard that. Uh, my ranting for the day. Oh, my, nice. Yeah. yeah. My, my discourse. Uh, no, it's in, I mean, it's interesting though, because even I think too, like, cause you know, I feel like every year going into Christmas, I'm very like, okay, well, I don't want to get like you know, very, you know, the classic buzzword Christian phrase around Christmas is like, you know, keep Christ in Christmas and remember the reason for the season, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, I don't know, I get that the sentiment is good and cut, but I think, yeah, it so goes along with that. What you were saying is the kind of fake, like happiness and like fake, I don't know, just pretending that, yeah, pretending that joy is there maybe when it's not. Um, But yeah, I just have always been like, okay, how do I prepare myself for Christmas and how do Mm -hmm. I properly 
celebrate on Christmas day? Like how is God glorified in that? Like, does that happen through me spending time with my loved ones and like, I don't know, going to Christmas like services and whatever, like, yeah. So it is such an interesting conversation to be had. Yes. And those are exactly the right questions to be asking. Um, Yeah. Uh, Cause I think, I think I said this in the sermon too, Christians can sometimes be the worst. Um, yep. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that so <laughs> <Just> generally. <ended> <laughs> Christians are the worst. <laughs> that will just be the preview when you hear this podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, I meant that more specifically. Um, um, like for like with apologies to anyone who actually does find this significant, because maybe this is just me saying I've never found this significant, but like we say things like, well, the candy cane is in the shape of a shepherd's staff. And that reminds us of the Christmas story. And, and it's red and white, which reminds us of Jesus purity and his blood or something. And I mean, I've never once thought about that. If that, well, and, but some people say that. And so if like, if that helps you reflect on Christmas then that's great, but for me, it's never, it's never really helped me reflect on or become closer to Jesus. Yeah. Um, or, or even gift giving. Like we say, we give gifts because the wise men gave gifts to Jesus. Well, uh, you're not I Jesus never... and I'm not Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so me giving you a Christmas gift does not indicate the same thing that the wise men giving Jesus a Christmas. And by the way, yeah. I re- not to make this about commercialism, because it's not really where I'm trying to go, but I read the <laughs> other day that the value of unwanted Christmas presents is $15 billion. I bet. Like, yeah, we could find so many better ways to spend $15 billion. Oh, I know. And then if, you know, if we get more, I mean, yeah, that is a totally different topic, but I mean, it's better for the planet too. If we think about something else right? to do, yes. like that's like this, this Christmas, I was literally just like, literally all I want is money to go snowboarding. Like I yeah. don't need like physical, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So so there, hint, hint to the listener there if you're going to get Holly a present. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I also like Starbucks, so. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, never say no to a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but, but the point being like, I think sometimes we as Christians try and manufacture meaning to this season. Yeah. When there is real meaning to be discovered, but in a different vein than the, the usual holiday religiosity and Mm. kind of just going along with what everyone else is doing. And I'm not saying I'm not one of those people to say, you know, we've lost the culture war and we need to bring back, you know, Christ and like we lost the culture war. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's engaging in that's not very productive in my opinion. So no, um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in part, as part of our Christian discipleship, shouldn't this be about a little bit more like this is, Mm. uh, you know, with Easter, the most, important parts of the church calendar. And I feel like every year, I feel like I should be experiencing something different in this. Like it should be more meaningful for me. And, um, so, you know, maybe that's my own fault, but, um, uh, so one, one concrete thing I'm doing, I said this on Sunday is because Advent reflects on these themes of, of hopelessness and darkness and despair because out of that is where Christ comes. And when we recognize that, we, we actually treasure Christ more. Um, uh, so one of these Episcopalian people talks about how Advent has traditionally been a season of fasting. Usually we think about that in Lent, but um, it's actually appropriate in Advent. So I'm going to try a once a week fast through Advent. And oh, wow. um, I think the flooding, bringing this full circle, 
Wow. The flooding reminds us of Romans chapter eight, where Paul says the creation is groaning for its redemption, right? And this is like, this this is where Advent hits the road, I think, right? Like Hmm. we've just seen the brokenness of the world and how even the creation itself has been broken and we are broken and we desperately need Christ. And so if we are going to embrace Advent, it means reflecting on these realities. And so fasting is just one way, like the the pangs of hunger remind you of the pangs of the evil in the world and the brokenness in the world and the flooding Hmm. in the world and the COVID-19 in the world. And it just reminds us how much we need Christ to come and we need his light. And it causes us to be thankful for the birth of Christ and also to look forward with anticipation to the second coming hmm. of Christ. Wow. Sermon's over, Holly. I'm done. <laughs> I know I heard it. That means I don't even have to listen on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's uh that's a really good insight that you have there. I like the idea of a one week fast too. That's really cool. One day yeah. fast, by the way, not one week fast. <laughs> yeah. That would be uh that would be impressive. <laughs> Some people do it. I've never done yeah. it. And uh oh, I'm just gonna do I'm going to do about a 24 hour fast once a week. That's what I'm going to do through Advent. That's my plan. But that doesn't mean anybody else has to do that. But I guess the question that would confront our listeners is the one that you asked, right? Like, how is it that the things we do at Christmas time actually contribute to our discipleship journey? And do they really? Yeah. We just do the things we do. Do, Is this really helping? Or is it just, we're just doing it because we've always done it. And that doesn't actually bring us more peace or more joy or more hope. Hmm. so yeah that's it that's it that's good so yeah so don't take down your christmas decorations (laughs) (laughs) by the time people hear this my christmas tree will probably be up and i will enjoy it yeah Um, it's gonna be fun my kids were decorating the house the other day and they thought it was a blast oh well your decorations are up before mine some of them yes yeah some yeah. Wow. So that should tell you monumentous day. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Craig, you are the type of person that would happily put them up December 24th and take them down like at the end of Christmas day. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My Christmas tree, um, depending on what day Christmas is on a Saturday this year, I think. Right. Yeah. So yes. Um, although I'll probably have a few days off after that. So it'll be gone by the 28th. Probably the Christmas tree will be out and gone. Yeah. 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 I always leave mine up way too long because I get attached to how it looks. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to take it down. And then January ends up being like such a busy month for me. And then they're up until February. Oh, I could not live with that for that long. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're always uh, definitely, I always have people over for New Year's typically. And my Christmas decorations are always still there. No, you yeah. won't, you won't see that for me. <laughs> but I'm happy for you if that makes you yeah, happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, let's wrap her up here. Um, yeah. Episode seven's coming in a couple of weeks and will be an interview with Dwayne and Helen Rainwater. Yeah. Who are some of our missionaries at Ross Road and they're going to tell us, uh, they're back here uh, in um, in Abbotsford, Aldergrove uh, for a little bit. So we're going to hear from them what they do and uh we'll look forward to that conversation yeah so uh glad you're on the mend holly and thank you you'll be skipping and leaping uh, before (laughs) no time as you are prone to do i yeah i do skip everywhere i go people think of holly (laughs) mclean and they think she's a skipper (laughs) 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, it was actually, it was sad because that snowboarding season is now, you know, open. And I was like, I'm right. having to watch everybody else do that while I'm here with this leg. True. But soon. Soon. Soon and very soon. Yes. That's right. Good. Well, thanks to our listeners for mm-hmm. listening today. And uh, we hope you're doing well and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>